I know we have all come to a time of silence in our walk of faith, as if God has forgotten about us or we are paying for the errors we have made in this life. But in this segment of taking a step of faith, Pastor Manny explains that in the time of silence, we should not think all that negative. He shares that in silence is when God has our full attention, therefore leading us into the wisdom and the secrets of God's greatness concerning our lives. Tune in to his message entitled, The Silent Treatment. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 7. And when you have that, just say, Amen with me. Verse 7 says, A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to be silent, and a time to speak. Again, it says, a time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. Somebody say, a time to speak. My version says, a time to tear apart and a time to sow together. A time to be silent and then there's a time to speak. You know, th there are moments in our lives where silence is all we have. Haven't you noticed that? When we're going through the afflictions of our lives, when we're going through the trials of our lives, it it's as if silence is all we got. We try to find the words to explain what we're going through. or We, we try to find the joy within our vocabulary and we just can't. All we can do is just be silent. And I want to talk to you about silence. How God works through our silence. And in the, in the atmosphere of silence, the power of God is present. I want to title this message this morning, The Silent Treatment. Somebody say The Silent Treatment. You know, when my wife is, you know, frustrated or angry at me, she plays The Silent Treatment on me. I love you, mi amor. But she'll play The Silent Treatment on me, right? And, you know, I, I, I want her to talk to me. Babe, tell me just... I think, I think her telling me what's wrong is, is better than the silent treatment. Because the silent treatment, I want to just pull my hair out. Right? I'm like, just tell me already. Sueltalo. Let it go already. Just let it out. Don't be silent. I, I'm going crazy. I'm going insane dealing with silence. And this is how we are in our spiritual walk. When we don't hear the voice of God. When we're in an atmosphere where it feels silence, where we're, we're, we're going through trials and we're going through afflictions, don't you feel like you're going insane? You know, like you want God to just whistle. You know, oh man, God is here, right? But it, it seems as if God is not. We're getting the silent treatment. And I want to just show you the power of silence and how God works in our lives through silence. We try looking strong. We hold our demeanor and we position ourselves characterly in our face as if we're not bothered, as if we're not moved. We're simply trying to show that we are greater than what we are facing in silent times. But on the inside, what are we screaming? We're screaming broken. On the inside, we're screaming tired. On the inside, we're screaming confused. A voice is yelling out on the inside of saying us pointless. A voice on the inside of saying I'm stuck. 
We want to speak, but we can't. We don't know what to say. We're silent. We're out of words. We're out of explanations. We're out of excuses. All we got is silence. We get the silent treatment. We've all been at that place. But you know what I've learned about silence? Silence is, is when God has my full attention. <laughs> silence is wisdom. Silence is when God speaks the greatest. In silence, I have found tremendous victories. In silence. Silence has been my time to restore, recoup, and remember the goodness of God. You know, you might be in silence this morning. I know that because none of you are talking right now. It's silent. You might be going through your trials and your despair, the failure and, and, and your worry and the loss and the abandonment, the need for change, being spiritually tired. Many reasons why we might be experiencing silence this morning. But God is working on your behalf, church. God is working on your behalf. He is more present in our silence than when we are hearing things around our lives. When we are seeing blessings come our way. When nothing is present. When we don't hear anything. God is there. His presence is near. His presence is within your life in the time of silence. It seems as if we want to hear a voice. And God is saying just in the still, small sound. In the silence is where I'm going to work. Just let me declare about your life. God's eyes are always placed on you. I want to pour into you the power of silence and what God teaches us when we experience silence. What do we experience in silence? Number one is this and write this down. We experience silence before the victory. Before the actual victory comes to our lives, we're going to experience silence. And I'm going to... Get into a story right here of how God used silence for victory. Somebody say victory. Go with me to the book of Joshua chapter 6. And we're going to talk about the people of God as they circled around the city of Jericho, the walls of Jericho. And the Bible says that God used silence. We talked about this in our men's meeting this past Thursday on how they had to silently go around the walls of Jericho seven times. And on the seventh time that they would scream out the city, God gave the city to us. But it took silence before the scream. Somebody say silence before the scream. And, and let me tell you something. And not all the time do you got to say something. Man. You know exactly what God has told you. But there are times you just kind of shut up. There are some times where God says you know what to say. You know how you can rebuke. You know how you can put them in their place. But, but, but be silent for once. Let silence work on your behalf. Let silence work in your calling. But let silence work before the victory comes. Look what it says in Joshua chapter 6, verses 10. Somebody say, Pastor, you should have been there by now. 6 verses 10. It says, but Joshua had commanded the troops. Somebody say the troops. Don't, do not shout or let your voice be heard. He said, do not shout, do not let your voice be heard. Don't let one word come out of your mouth until the time I say shout. Look at that. Then you are to shout. Then you are to shout. But until then, keep 
silent. Now I want you to just understand something. Though they weren't saying anything, there was trumpets that were being played. This is power. This is beautiful. Now I want you to just say something. You got to understand that heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is bearing worship on your behalf. Around your life it might look silent. Around your life it might seem there ain't no noise of worship. No, no noise of victory. But, but just let me say this. Heaven is worshiping a victory for you already in advance. There are trumpets sounding on your behalf. God's angels are singing on your behalf. They're already rejoicing in the victory that is coming before you. But what is it going to take? It's going to take for earth to be quiet a little bit and for heaven to do its work. And in those moments, God says, before the victory, stay quiet. How many know what God is going to do in their lives? You might say, God's going to heal my body. You know, God's going to save my kids. Right? And what do we do most of the time? We start speaking while God is working. God told you what to do. And there you are, chitter-chatter. Right? Fighting your way through. Telling people off. Right? Murmuring. Gossiping. Putting yourself down. And what is God actually telling you? Don't say nothing until I say. Say something. For right now, before the victory... He said, I'm going to give you this city. How many times has God told you he's going to give you your city? And there you are walking around the walls of your Jericho. Instead of staying quiet. Well, you know, they said this about me. And then this happened. Poor old me. Well, you watch. No, but you're just digging yourself in a hole. You, I'm going to get them back. Think they're all bad. <laughs> digging ourselves in a hole when God say, look, before the victory, just shut up a little bit. Quiet. You know what God's going to do on your behalf. God already told you how it's going to turn out. You know, I, I, I might not be when Jesus Christ has already come back. And I thank God because that would mean I stayed. Because in the blink of an eye, we are about to just be removed so i want to just thank god for this though i'm not at that time right now yet i know my future you can say well you know let's already jump already to the book of revelation but i already know my future jesus christ comes back in the clouds the trumpets are going to sound we are going to be victorious forever and we are victorious already beforehand but there are times while we are living before jesus christ comes back walking around the walls of our cities many times around jericho that god is going to say be quiet silence Understand this, although God had told them the victory would be theirs, it is key to understand that God gave them instructions. They knew the plan, they knew how the outcome would be, and silence meant obedience. Let me tell you something, there are times and in in moments of our lives of silence where God is showing us we don't always have to say something, we don't always have to correct people, we don't always have to blurt it out, we don't always have to express what's on our minds. There, there's power in silence. You know, you know, when my dad would correct me, do you know what the worst correction was? When he was silent. You know, you want to go get a burger? I knew I did something wrong, right? I'm just waiting for it. No, the burger means. 
I'll, like, oh, well, all right. You know, and we'd go, and our, and our time would be so silent. It'd just be like, I was waiting for him to tell me, you know, I seen you, or, you know, you did. One day, and then the next day, you know, okay, mijo, let's go back home. Then the next day, mijo, you want to go get an ice cream? Oh, man, more silence. <laughs> that was worse than the paddle because I wasn't getting a response. I, and, and you want me to tell you why? Because I knew the conviction in my spirit, my, my spiritual sense was saying I did something wrong. And, and there are times where as, even as parents, we don't have to say it. God's already working on your behalf. Well, I'm going to tell her, shut up. Don't tell her nothing. God's going to tell her. There are some times where silence works in our favor. And I'm going to tell you how. Because silence means that victory is about to occur within our midst. Pastor is silent right now. You better thank God because victory is on its way. It's like I want to hear something, but there's no, there's no answer. It's like I go over here and I feel dry here. God is on the way. It's a time where God is causing you to shh, quiet. Silence means obedience. We experience silence before the victory, and we also experience silence after the trial. Somebody say, after the trial. 1 Kings chapter 19. I love this one because it talks about Elijah and how God had manifested himself on the mountain and in the cave and how the presence of the Lord showed up in, well, I would say this, God was not in the things that had occurred, but God was in the still small voice that occurred after all of those things. Now understand this, check this out. First, Corinthians, uh, First Kings chapter 19 verses 11 through 13. First Corinthians, uh, First Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. 19, 11 through 13. Look what it says. It says, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. And at that moment, the Lord passed by. And a great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering uh, cliffs before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Somebody say, the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Somebody say, he wasn't in the earthquake. But, then the, but, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. Somebody say, there was a fire. And God was, and the Lord was not in the fire. The Bible says, after the fire. Somebody say, after the fire. There was a voice. Somebody say, a voice. A soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Now I want you to just understand something. There was a violent wind and God wasn't in the wind. There was a, an earthquake and God wasn't in the earthquake. There was a fire and God wasn't in the fire. After all of that had happened, then God showed up. But I want you to just not forget that God was before it happened too. Understand this, look, God, God will lead you to the very place 
that comes with violent winds. God will lead you to the very place that comes to places of earthquakes. And God will lead you to the times of your life where it feels like it's fire. If God is not leading you in these areas, then you better start praying God's will in your life. One thing I know is this, if I'm ever going to suffer, it better be for the will of God. Many of us, we suffer out of the will of God and we start calling God to take us out so that we get into his will. But here the Bible declares, verse 11, it says, Then he said, go out and stand in the mountain, on the mountain in the Lord's presence. And at that moment, what did the Bible say? The Lord passed by. He passed by. And because he passed by, there was a mighty wind tearing the mountains and shattering the cliffs before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And then after all of these things, then the Lord in a still, small voice spoke. Pastor, I'm going through it. God is about to show up after the trial. About to show up. There's some times where we're saying, God, take me out. God says, no, then what comes out won't be the same. I think many times we expect God to interrupt what needs to happen. God interrupted God. No, God, that needs to happen. So he can cut to the moment. God, can you just cut please to the moment already? Cut to the chase. Right? But let me say this. That God will allow your life to receive the tearing winds, the earthquakes that in moments tear up your foundations, and the fire that is not meant to destroy, but meant to redefine you. Somebody say, I'm being redefined. It's, it's hot up in here, but I'm getting redefined, right? What, 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 because God uses fire so that what is not of God ain't going to last. But what is of God will come out. The Bible says if it's of God, it's going to make it through the fire. It's a refining and redefining fire. So I, I say this, you are broken before his presence. And after all that has happened, God would fulfill you in a position that is ready to bear him. Let me tell you something, all that is happening in your life right now, God is just positioning you so that his glory descends in your life. Beloved, joy comes in the morning. Joy. Haven't you noticed you go through the Bible and most of the trials came at midnight? Nobody wants to be awake at midnight, right? No, Lord, put me to sleep, God. Most of all the trials come at midnight. Those hours where we feel like we're in the trial of our life, right? You can have a trial in the daytime, but it ain't as bad as the midnight, right? Come on, somebody. There's just something about nighttime that just makes everything more intense. You cry more. Right? You're mad more. The Midnight. But joy comes in the morning. Just let me say this. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. David said, it is good that I have been afflicted. For then I can learn your statutes. He said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before I was afflicted, I was wandering. But God, you know, deep down inside, God, you know, you needed to tie me up. So what did God do? It was good that David was afflicted so that he would not go astray anymore, but that he'd know God's word. It is good that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your word. And after the tearing winds, after the earthquake, and after the fire, then came the still, small voice.
That still small voice is showing up in your life. You don't, you're not going to go through that very long. So let me declare, you ain't going to go through it very long. The still small voice is coming. But it needs to happen. It needs, it has to happen. It's inevitable. Don't ask God to cut to the chase. Don't ask God to put it on fast forward. Don't cheat your way out of your trial. If it's of God, it's going to process something out of you. If it's of God, it's going to bring the best out of you. If it's of God, it's going to teach you the very best of your life. Notice verse 14 of this same chapter states, God spoke to Elijah and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Somebody say, God told Elijah, what are you doing here? Which leads me to the next example of why we experience silence when we're out of the will of God. When we get out of the will of God, we start experiencing silence. Because God already spoke. He told you what to do, but you out of the will of God. Right? He got to spank you right back in. You know, whenever, whenever God dealt with the people of Israel, what did he do? He just stopped manna, stopped water, right? Removed his presence. They got hungry and they sought the Lord. Sometimes this same silence is God's way of saying, hey, get hungry for me again. You ask any person that has come to the, the house of the Lord and given their heart to Jesus and have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. When they feel distant from the Lord, they're going insane. That's why David said, Lord, take everything away from me, but not your presence, because I do not want to go. My house won't make me insane. My car being taken won't make me insane. Lord, just don't take your presence from me. You can lose everything in this life, but if you lose the presence of God, I don't know how you're going to stand. I don't know how you're going to function. I go to work. I, man, Pastor, I just feel all over the place, because you ain't got the presence of the Lord. You can be poor today without the presence and in miserable. And tomorrow, have still no more money. Have the presence of God, but have joy in your heart. There's a something about the presence of God that when we contain it, we're in joy. We're in peace. We're in right standing. Somebody say right standing. And many times silence comes when we get out of the will of God. God told Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? I love this other part of when God speaks. Somebody say, God speaks when we get into the will. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14, God declares that he spoke to Abraham after a good time of recess. Somebody say, recess. But look at why God spoke to Abraham. The Bible says in Genesis 13, 14, after Lot had separated from him, the Lord said to Abraham, look from the place where you are, look north and south, east and west. But it says, after Lot had separated from him. If you go one chapter before, you're going to understand why God created silence from Genesis 12 to Genesis 13, which wasn't a day, which wasn't a week, wasn't a month. We're talking about years. Understand this. We're talking about years. Look at this. Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Go out of your land, from your relatives, out of your father's house, to a land that I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and curses you. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. You remember that promise given to Abraham? Why did Abraham take his nephew Lot with him? He said, leave your relatives, leave your father's house, leave the land that you are in right now and go to the land that I will show you. And he said, I'm going to do all those things, but I'm taking relatives with me. In Genesis 12 to Genesis 13, we see God was silent to Abraham. And all of a sudden, Genesis 13, 14 declares that Lot separated from him and the Lord said to Abram. First time the Lord spoke again to Abraham when Lot separated from him. It was as if God was pushing him to a place to get back on the wheel that he had planned for him. And I'm telling you something. Don't get mad when God starts distancing some people from your life because that was the land you were supposed to get out of. Don't get mad when God starts closing the doors you should have never opened. Don't get angry when God starts removing from your life the very thing that is your core. Because it just ain't the will of God. He said, leave your land, your relatives, your father's house. And Abraham took his nephew Lot. Let, let me tell you something. Until you get rid of the unauthorized baggage, silence will lead you to the will of God. I want you to notice something. Lot had separated from Abraham. Not Abraham getting rid of Lot. It was as if God was saying, okay, Abraham, you ain't going to get rid of Lot. Let me get rid of him for you. He pressed upon the heart of Lot so that he would leave Abraham. The Bible says, and Lot left Abram, separated from him. I don't want you to live like that. Wait for your Lot to separate from you. I'm waiting for you to make the decision, for you to say, that's not what God told me to bring. It's unauthorized baggage. I don't got clearance to bring this with me. I got to get rid of it. Because what is it doing? It's stopping the voice of God in my life. And I'm telling you, every day you don't have that voice speaking to you, and it's silence. It'll remind you that God is trying to push you to the will of God. It's God's way of saying, get hungry again. Get thirsty again. It's way of, God's way of saying, get into that presence. Don't you miss when I used to speak to you, when I used to wake you up in the middle of the night? Don't you remember when I used to give you vision and dreams? Don't you remember when I used to share the secrets of your life? Now you're far away. It's as if God is reminding us. Get rid of unauthorized baggage. It's creating silence. Sometimes that silence means you're out of the will of God. Silence. Silence. I can hear a pencil drop in this room. Silence. It's quiet. You know those times where you're waiting for somebody to break your silence? You don't know what to say. You're just waiting for somebody to talk. Just talk. Anybody talk, 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 talk. Please. I'm going insane. And then there's those other times where it's silent and you don't want nobody to talk. Shut up. Shh. Silence. When we experience silence, it's God's way of also saying that we are out of the will of God. He's calling you back home. He's calling you back to his presence. He's saying, I miss you. I miss releasing to you. 
I miss sharing with you. And the silent treatment is pushing us back to the will of God. When we experience silence, and I finish on this one, we experience silence when God does not release until we fulfill the current plan. We experience silence when God does not release anything new because he wants us to fulfill the current plan. The book of John chapter 16 verses 12 says, I still have many things to tell you, Jesus said, but you can't bear them now. You ain't ready for them. You know what Jesus was trying? He, you know, Jesus was giving his farewell speech. In other words, he was saying, hey, I'm about to leave and I've told you some things. Right? I, I, I've, I've shared with you some secrets, but there's some stuff I still haven't shared with you. Tell us, Lord, you ain't ready for it. What? <laughs> what? Why ain't I ready? Because you still haven't fulfilled what I told you. Sometimes silence means that God is still fulfilling what he already told you, what he commanded of your life. And I'm telling you something, John 16, chapter 12 declares that very perfectly. There's some things I want to tell you, but you just ain't ready for them. When are you going to be ready for them? You're going to be ready for them when you're ready to move on to the next point of your life. Finish up with what God has told you to do. Assume position and execute. Take initiative. Make the decision. Somebody say amen. amen. You'll know that it's silence and that silence is coming from God when that silence doesn't produce anything new because you still haven't fulfilled what God has told you already. I love this verse because it was Jesus exiting speech because Basically, Jesus Christ was stating to his disciples, you're not ready to learn punctuation because you still got to learn, learn, finish learning your ABCs. I know some people that are trying to learn punctuation, they don't even know how to do their A to Z. A, B, E, G, H, I, L. I want to learn punctuation. God said, you're not ready for that. Learn your ABCs first. Trying to jump into times tables when you haven't even learned how to add. You don't know the difference between two and one. You wouldn't know what to add. You wouldn't know what to divide. You wouldn't know what to times table. Somebody, come on. I know I'm speaking to somebody today. And, and, and see, some of us, we're trying to jump the gun. And God is saying, I want to tell you. I want to share it to you. But you just ain't ready for it. And silence is God's way of saying, you want something bigger? You want something greater? You want to move into the next edition of your life? Then let's get this edition done first. There is work God is doing in your life right now. And there are many things that lie ahead for you. But you're not ready for them right now. You're probably saying, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for the business. I'm, I want the business. God said, you're not ready for it. You know, I'll put it like this. There are some of us, we have a good idea in our minds. We know what we want to do. But we haven't figured out how to do it. Right? So what do we end up doing? We start asking God, God, won't you just teach me how to do that? God say, no, 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 no. I'm trying to teach you how to love what I've given you first. So that I can push you into loving 
what I'm about to do in your future. See, I could tell you that, but you wouldn't finish the ABCs first. If I gave you your XYZ, you'd never learn your ABC. I got to teach you first beginning before you get to the ending process. And we need to quit trying to jump the gun and start responding to God's way of saying, I'm not releasing anything new to your life until you finish the work of what I've already given you. So we hear this silence and we're like, God doesn't love me no more. God forgot about me. No, dummy, God's waiting for you to finish what he told you. God, I asked you for it. God says, yeah, you asked me for that over there and you still haven't finished it. How do you want me to give you the next chapter when you haven't finished the first chapter? 